so we went for a, a technology called etcs2 the european train control system which is a interoperable system which has mm-hmm. open certification so that gives lot of flexibility it is uh, vendor agnostic so i can go for a uh, onboard system by one vendor and the on track system uh, by some other vendor so uh, not only this means when we go for the second and third corridor in future so interoperability among uh, corridors can be certain because it is agnostic whereas today uh, in many systems if you have to go for any extension of a line a small extension you have to go back to the same vendor for signaling otherwise trains cannot communicate with uh, two different kind of systems at the boundary or those kind of thing. you know you know maybe knowing this example of london london oh, yeah. many trains use four on board units because there are four kind of systems and for every system you have to have a, uh, a different on board unit now uh, that is not which i wanted for my system so we went for etcs level 2 from the day one normally in europe uh, you will not find many examples where people have gone for this system for a uh, urban transport project welcome to the mobility innovators podcast Hello everyone welcome to another episode of Mobility Innovator podcast I'm your host Jaspal Singh Mobility Innovator podcast invite key innovator in the transportation and logistics sector to share their experience and future forecasts In this episode we'll be discussing the mega infrastructure project in India rapid rail network Our today guest is the managing director of NCRTC which is the National Capital Region Transport Corporation He's presently leading transformation in regional mobility by implementing the regional rapid transit system project in the national capital region of india ncrtc is mandated for designing developing implementing financing operating and maintaining the rrts project he has built ncrtc from scratch and is now spearheading the development of the idea into a reality through this 15 billion dollar project before joining ncrtc he was the chief executive officer of the high speed rail corporation where he played a key role in developing the mumbai hyderabad high speed rail project having served as executive director in the ministry of railway he has experience of working on board of many joint venture company and has acquired a profound policy perspective he has been officer in charge of the execution team of the first section of delhi metro project in the field i'm so happy to welcome mr vinay kumar singh managing director national capital region transport corporation it's now time to listen and learn Hello Vinay sir it's great pleasure to have you on the show and I'm really looking forward uh, to learn from your experience thank you thank you Jaspal for giving me this opportunity to talk to you and through you to some listeners great sir and uh, I just want to share before starting our discussion that uh, I used to work with dims uh, in 2010 and at that time dims was responsible for conducting the feasibility study of this rapid rail transit project So personally somewhere I'm attached with this project and I keep following what NCRTC is doing and how you're leading the organization and I would say that I'm a big fan of your work uh, how the organization is shaping up and uh, building the first rapid rail transit project in India Thank you thank you for your kind words so 
uh, we are working on this massive project, you know, and very complex because it is happening in the national capital and around national capital. Yeah, no, it's a, it's one of the biggest projects I would say in India. So why don't we let's uh, discuss about uh, what NCRTC is all about because this is a global broadcast. So I want uh, to start uh, telling our listener what is this project all about because India has already built a 859 kilometer of metro system, which is fourth largest in operation. So why this rapid rail project is different from the metro project which is happening in India and how it will reshape the whole uh, system. So RRTS is, yes, it is a, a new kind of uh, system, uh, railway system, commuter system, which is different from uh, metros. And it is different from Indian Railways also because Indian Railway provides services throughout the country and uh, generally long distance trails are there. Yeah. And that has uh, freight as well as passenger traffic. Here, primarily, this system is being built for commuters, for intercity travel, say, of about anything from 50 to 100, 150 kilometers. Yeah. So, uh, and the stations are also spaced at a much longer distance, uh, anything from 5 to 10 kilometers. On first corridor, which we are just constructing, the stations are as close as 3.5 kilometers through as uh, distant as seven to eight kilometers. So uh, this is much more than the uh, not only the metro interstation distances, which are anything from 0.8 kilometers to 1.2 kilometers. So what happens if you are interstation distances are little more, as in our case, you can have trains running at much higher speed. So uh, because you get time to accelerate and discrete. Plus. The average speed of train changes, even for the same train, hmm. if the interstitial distance is more, the average speed will become higher. Now, using this uh, principle, we have chosen a design speed of 180 km per hour for RRTS system. Hmm. With the operational speed of 160 km per hour. Now, what happens when a train runs between stations having average distance of 5 to 7 km? The average to a commuter, the speed which is available, commercial speed which is available is in the range of 90 to 100 kilometers with a train stopping at each and every station. Hmm. But uh, if you increase the interstation distance by having hopping trains, yeah. a train is missing some of the stations, which, is, which can be planned depending upon the uh, need and uh, requirement of the people then average speed can go much higher also. It can touch 120-125 per hour, Amazing. which is quite significantly different than Metro, which is about uh, 20, uh, 30, 32 kilometers per hour. Anywhere across the world, if you see, all Metro systems will give that kind of speed. Yeah. And National Railway, Indian Railway, which has the maximum running speed in the range of 120-230 kilometers as on date, the average speed comes to around 75 kilometers, 70, 80 kilometers in that range. Hmm. But those are, again, I'm talking of those trains which uh, which are uh, running for 40, 50 kilometers at a stretch. It's not stopping up to uh, more than 50 kilometers or maybe more than 100 kilometers inter station distances. So this is quite a different kind of uh, pro transport product which, which is being uh, now introduced in 
India and uh, technologically very advanced in terms of comfort it is very advanced this is much more comfortable so very safe because the technologies being used are entirely state of the art amazing amazing no i i feel like what you mentioned is it'll be the fastest train network in the country uh, i think under, under the high speed see yeah till uh, mumbai amdabad high speed line is commissioned this uh, system rts will remain the fastest system in the india oh that's great sir so i and now i want to just switch to to your personal journey because uh, that's very important to you were involved in the high speed rail project as well so i i was telling somebody that uh, mr e sharadhan is remembered as a metro man of india and i think uh, you will be called as a rapid rail man of india because you were officer in charge of uh, execution of first section of delhi metro but also you were the first chief of executive officer of high speed rail corporation and now you are the number one employee at ncrtc when you started this whole organization so would love to know your personal journey uh, in this whole rail uh, system or rail network in india and can you share some interesting fact about your career which can be you know good learning for the young people who are looking to start their career okay. <laughs> uh, thank you for that means uh, uh, i'll say it is the grace of god that i got opportunities to work in very challenging and project and uh, means i was uh, now i have left the indian railways but i was member of indian railway service of engineers coated service as you mentioned mr shridharan was also from the same service and uh, so what happened now in in last about 30 years of my association with indian railways where i worked two third of my career i worked with bosses who are not from the civil engineering means my own service hmm. which is quite unusual normally in indian railways people work under the bosses who are from the same lineage same department so but this was something very different than what a normal railway engineer does the second thing which i'll share with you is that i got opportunity to work on assignments which were entirely different from each other every time i got transferred or posted so in uh, about six various kinds of assignments i have done i started with the normal train track maintenance building maintenance kind of work for which is an engineer does in the indian railways and bridge maintenance and from there suddenly i came to delhi metro which was purely a construction project in national capital quite complex and because i was looking after the first section the <clears throat> challenges were much more every time whoever starts a new project you know that the challenges will be much more yeah and every experiment was done in my jurisdiction from there i came to a position where i was supporting top manager of northern railway so i could see the uh, how the management of the full zonal railway of northern railway is done from that that position i could see because i was working in that office from there i came to ministry where i worked for almost similar tenure of 5 years 
where I was in charge for all the public sector undertakings of Indian Railways. Hmm. Ministry of Railways, rather, I should say. So, about 12 or 15 PSUs I was coordinating. So, I, I saw the working of those boards, dynamics of such companies at the highest level, how these companies are managed. So, I got a portion to see maintenance. I could see the construction, the best construction project of the country at that time. Yeah. Then I saw the biggest journal railway from the top, from CEO's position, I could see that. Then ministry, that means board of directors of those 15 PSUs. And uh, I was interacting with them, uh, all the railway board members directly and ministers office. From there, I came to this project where uh, uh, I was coordinating the Mumbai Ahmedabad high-speed rail project, the bullet train project. And <clears throat> I was at the on the same position. I was looking after the uh, last mile connectivity of railway system with the ports. Oh, great! Which was again means a logistic uh, project, but more than that, a issue how to handle the revenues, how to distribute revenues between private operators and Indian railways. Those kind of policy issues, very complex issues, which were not sorted out by that time. I worked on those issues so and I worked on the board of those uh, PPP uh, companies, four PPP okay. companies, I was on the board of four companies. So all this gave me a very good idea of various kinds of assignments, each entirely different from the earlier one. Mm -hmm. So every time I got a new posting, I had to start from zero. But by the time I left, I learned everything about that assignment. Yeah. And then I got opportunity to work as managing director of NCRTC. Now, everything what I learned in the, those 28, 30 years <laughs> and of various kinds of exposure, that helped me here. So, mm -hmm. while I started this organization from zero, as you rightly pointed out, the first person in the organization. And coming to this, stage where we are now commissioning the first portion of project in very short time. I mean, but it, I never felt that there is a big challenge because I, uh, I, I knew many of these things which I faced. I knew how to deal with them. So this is something I thought I'd share with you today. Well, that's That sounds really amazing, sir, because the, the way you mentioned that uh, you work in construction, you work in maintenance, you work in uh, managing the uh, the board members and revenue department and last mile connectivity and you rightly pointed out like bringing all those experience at NCRTC it's it's a it's a big achievement and and also I must say your journey must have been very interesting because like you mentioned every time you were starting from zero you build it up and then you leave that legacy to somebody else and then move forward and create another new department or organization or or division so that that sounds very interesting and I and I feel a true leader is emerged when you put more challenge, not by giving simple tasks. So the true leader is when you get more and more challenge. Only thing I feel now it is high time and I should not take up such challenges. <laughs> I, I thought they probably there is some time to enjoy or to consolidate, consolidate your gains also. Ah, that's true. That's true. I mean, there should be a time to do that. But I think what you are doing uh, with NCRTC and the the whole rapid rail system, like it will be a big uh, change in in the country. 
and in fact you know recently india became now the second largest road network uh, country with the national highway of 140000 uh, km but but i feel india need to progress more into the rail segment and what you mentioned that rapid rail is trying to connect different city intercity and and bringing rail to the doorstep of people and i think why it is important because there are a lot of people who cannot work and live in the city so the rail can provide a good medium for them to travel around like if i can travel from delhi to jaipur in 1 hour or 1 and a half hour the whole whole economy will shift so i just want to understand more from you is like how this rapidx now the that's a brand name you are using for ncrtc rapid rail project rapidx how do you feel the rapidx system will change the whole economy of uh, ncr region and what are the current corridor uh, which you are building and what's the future plan so can you share a little more about the construction which is going on right now at rapidx and what are the future corridor plan uh, for the rapidx uh, see this project is started uh, from a survey which was done by indian railways uh, i think if i'm not, not wrong in 1997 98 uh, mm-hmm. that kind of this thing and based upon uh, those studies uh, this got incorporated the concept of rrt is got incorporated in the uh, ncr regional plan and the uh, transport plan uh, horizon year 1930 uh, sorry 2032 now from there uh, this discussion is started and people understood the importance of this kind of a uh, commuter system especially in delhi because uh, you see if you don't provide good transport and high speed good quality transport from metropolitan cities to outside yeah uh, and uh, if you are not able to serve the people is staying 100 150 km then people are forced because they don't have a good transport uh, system they are forced to come and live in the metropolitan hmm. now this creates different kind of problems uh, the city starts increasing in uh, diameter horizontally and any city which is expanding horizontally it will require much more expenditure per capita per capita for in transport in infrastructure in providing health facilities anything which government has to provide as a part of the social uh, welfare the cost per capita will be very high mm. so delhi has come to a stage where not only that it is the most populous populous city of world after tokyo yeah but horizontally it has increased in size which is unmanageable practically and in next 10 years it will be completely uh, unmanageable so uh, understanding this uh, importance of uh, a system which can keep the city contained in a, a smaller diameter and people can live little away from the city where uh, only thing is that the system provides good access to various facilities in the metropolitan most of the cities as you know the whether it is madrid it is paris or it is uh, seoul in korea or it is tokyo in japan if people come in the morning they do their job their economic activity and they go back and what happens in the process because many people are staying little away from the city 
center. So a lot of economic activity takes place there. In many of the uh, cities, whether it is Paris or Madrid, as I mentioned, the the, the most posh area, the most high-end area, is away from the city center. It is not in the center. And those are connected by whether it is RER or Sarkanyas or any kind of transport mode, rail-based. So people stay away, better lifestyle, and there is economic activity to support and they stay there. And there is different kind of economic activity in the city for which people come and go back. Yeah. Now, this is something which is sustainable. What is happening in Delhi is not sustainable. We all know. Now, with this background and to decentralize the economic activity from Delhi, this project was conceived. And later on in 2006, a committee was made uh, which was chaired by Secretary Moua. At that time, it was called MOUD. And there were people from all the concerned four states. And they started working. They, uh, this was the planning commission made a committee. Yeah. And they suggested three priority cards. Out of which uh, now we are working on Delhi Merit. The first part we are constructing. Other two are in the process of sanction. So a lot of work has been done there also, but not theory in terms of main construction. A lot of preparatory work has been done on the other two corridors also, which we are going to take up very soon. But Delhi Merit, yes, Delhi Merit, we started four years back. Now we are going to commission a part of it. And the balance will also be commissioned in next two years. And we are trying to expedite that also. That's amazing because the Delhi Merit corridor, I think it's a 82 kilometer. It's it's not a it's not a small corridor. So, and you will be delivered the full project in two years. I mean, the whole construction and everything will start. So that that's amazing. And and so you know, now one... already... okay, sorry. sorry, no, no, please, sir. So uh, construction is already civil construction is going on in the balance portion also, and now we have to just complete. Uh, the system part of that and commission the whole thing commission the whole thing now that's that's amazing i think the whole i think this is one of the fastest infrastructure project completed in india the the such a mega project because i think the overall cost of this project is around 5 billion dollar and and i would say that you completed like doing the work in one of the most toughest time of our entire human history is this during this covid period because the whole construction was stopped everything uh, was stopped during that period but still you managed to bring it back to life and and doing it so just want to understand how what kind of challenges you faced during this construction period uh, in last 5 6 year and especially during covid and how NCRT is using technology to manage these challenges? Because I'm pretty sure uh, you must be using some different tools, different technologies, which is helping to to expedite the whole construction period, as well as make it a little different. So I would love to know a little more, uh, because in some of the other uh, publication you mentioned about that NCRT is using BIM and Digital Twin. So it'll be great to learn uh, how this project is very different from whatever has done been in India so far. So I agree with you, the, the construction during last four years <clears throat> had been very difficult, uh, especially 
means on, on one side we are working in the national capital which is already fully yeah. of the urban area politically very sensitive yeah you can imagine that uh, doing such kind of huge infrastructure work in national capital uh, brings in its own challenges other than challenges in terms of collection of technology because this is a new kind of project a new kind of system we are doing in the country high speed brings in issues of safety issues of technology and land acquisition those kind of standards complexities we face in any project at that gets multiplied 10 times if you are working in ncr and and then adoption of technology by the industry because many of these technologies have never been used in the india and simultaneously we have this challenge of making india because the whole nation said that whatever we do preferably it should be done within the country and bringing in new technology which is not available in the country and that to within the guidelines of making india so there was huge challenges but uh, see from the day one we had this strategy of risk identification and risk mitigation hmm. so we managed our risk well i can say I mean, today i can say that because that is why we could complete it uh, much before the expected timelines because uh, we we had committed to government that we'll do the first section within 4 years and i am happy to share that we did that within 4 yeah. years in spite of this unknown factor of covid-19 you know that during covid-19 uh, availability of technicians laborers engineers everything was challenging people were not available and on the other side material was also not available because it is not only that within india outside india also our supply lines got choked means completely for uh, two years almost many things where yeah. we had to depend outside support is uh, even the uh, movement of material uh, especially the high technology components which were coming from outside something which used to take 15 days it started taking three months mm. so but as i told you that we 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 resorted to very thought out strategy where we identified the risks and we planned accordingly we planned each and every activity in the interfaces especially urban transport project railway projects are very very complex because these have huge interfaces the constructing a you mentioned about highway so constructing highway and constructing a railway is entirely different ball game yeah and we were doing something where we wanted to introduce the best of the technologies the most suitable technologies for this kind of system at the optimum cost within the uh, framework of public procurement within the framework of make in india so but the team worked well uh, the team which i had selected which i had appointed at various positions within the organization and they performed means at their peak for consistently for four years last four years and that is why today we are in a very comfortable position as far as project implementation is concerned we used large number of 
uh, technological tools means on one side uh, is state of the art technology for the railway system yeah on the other side uh, technology technology tools for uh, construction monitoring for project implementation and then many other techniques like precasting and those kind of things to expedite means whatever we could do uh, we did and we uh, just took up some other challenges like bim so uh, it was a huge challenge to implement bim in india at that time because uh, very few people knew about it and implementing on a project uh, of this size was quite challenging but later on people understood later on the team understood that it was mm. big and common data environment which actually had us in collaboration during covid time because designers consultants they could work from wherever they were whether it is country or outside country sitting in europe or america or india or hyderabad bangalore delhi or within delhi because people were not supposed to go yeah the confines of their houses designers worked day and night and we could do many things otherwise which were we, we could have not been done uh, due to covid and due to strong very very uh, tight control on the movement of people yeah but that kind of collaboration we could do due to ct and bim which helped in expediting the project i fully agree with you i think uh, it's like your foresightedness to implement these technology because without uh, having bim model or distilled twin it would have been very difficult to work during the covid period when nobody was traveling so it's a it's a foresightedness and i think i think technology can help to make uh, collaboration much easier and uh, let people to work in a real time rather than waiting them to physically travel and go around uh, you briefly mentioned that uh, at ncrtc used lot of other technology for construction and and i would say i was i was going through some of the research and and very interesting to find that ncrtc is the first system in india which is using this rigid catenary system for uh, high speed rail and also your rolling stock is very unique and and your uh, precasted uh, track which you mentioned would be interested to know more like why you selected those uh, technologies and and how they are innovative why it's more challenging for you to bring those technology in india so we we work only with one single objective that whatever we are doing we are doing by spending public money hmm. and whatever we are going to create should be the most optimum solution in terms of meeting the objectives for which this system is being created so we choose the technologies which are best suited hmm. so i'm not saying the the best in the world or those kind of means i'm not i'm i'm very particular about that so <laughs> this was primarily to optimize the whole system so uh, there should not be any no particular subsystem should become a constraint mm. tomorrow so on one side on one subsystem you are using a technology which has huge potential on the other side one subsystem which can create constraint for the whole of the system those those uh, things were taken care of yeah 
and uh, we went for the reed cutlery which is a huge challenge because uh, for higher speeds we know in some of the metros you may be knowing that people use third rail which yeah. is a rigid uh, cutlery kind of arrangement and there are not many examples where uh, a rigid cutlery arrangement has been used for speeds beyond 100 km per hour here our requirement was 180 yeah so there are one or two examples only across the world where people have used rigid cutlery for speed but we took up this challenge because we knew that we have to not only optimize the technologies but we have to optimize the cost also hmm. and uh, if we don't go for rigid cutlery then the tunnel diameter will become very large and this being a system being constructed in delhi not only this corridor but future corridors will also have a lot of underground uh, alignment tunnel station so we have to choose the technology which should reduce the civil engineering cost hmm. this was one the second was the uh, signaling and telecommunication signaling telecommunication is again uh, the cbtc system which is being used by metro organizations in the country they are not proven for speeds up to uh, beyond 100 km per hour now here again we had this challenge of choosing a technology which should not only be the cost uh, optimized but it should be uh, in future also when we we go for the other corridors then the uh, we should not be in a position where we have to cough up more money than what is the right amount for those kind of uh, infrastructure development so we went for a, a technology called etcs2 the european train control system which is a interoperable system which has hmm. open specifications so that gives a lot of flexibility it is uh, vendor agnostic so i can go for a uh, onboard system by one vendor and the on track system uh, by some other vendor so uh, not only this means when we go for the second and third corridor in future so interoperability among uh, corridors can be ascertained because it is agnostic whereas today uh, in many systems if you have to go for any extension of a line a small extension you have to go back to the same vendor for signaling otherwise trains cannot communicate with uh, two different kind of systems at the boundary or those kind of you know you know, may be knowing this example of london London oh, many trains use four onboard units because there are four kind of systems and for every system you have to have a, uh, a different onboard unit. Now uh, that is not which I wanted for my system. Hmm. So we went for ETCS level two from the day one. Normally in Europe uh, you will not find many examples where people have gone for this system for a uh, urban transport project normally it is a main line solution project yeah but we we uh, again we we went for it the second challenge came because the communication backbone the uh, present uh, present communication system is getting obsolete hmm. so uh, there was a requirement that we go for a new kind of uh, technology which can 
remain uh, sustainable or which doesn't become obsolete in next at least one or two decades hmm. so we went for lt so and the our system today has become the first etcs level 2 system on lt so european system but being commissioned for the first time outside europe hmm that's and amazing. there again <laughs> there again uh, we have done many other we have taken many other courageous decisions like we are integrating it with the platform screen doors hmm. we are going to have a interoperable ato system sitting over uh, our signaling system for automatic train operation so many things which are which make uh, it very very unique it's never been tried track side you mentioned the track here also uh, for lower speeds up to 900 km per hour uh, challenge was how to go uh, for a track technology which is fit for higher speed of 180 km per hour yeah and we worked on various solutions available here again i was very clear that i am not going to take a vendor specific solution so whatever we'll do we'll we'll uh, take the technology we'll use it by indian contractors so construction to be done by the indian contractors the technology we may take because this technology is not available in the country we have to take it from outside we selected this for uh, precasted slab track technology which is also called austrian track technology okay so Uh, this this technology has been used in last 30 40 years across the world in high speed projects up to a speed of 120 140 those kind of uh, sorry 320 and 340 uh, kilometers per hour we have customized the design for our requirement as i was telling you optimized customized yeah. and optimized for our requirement and today i am happy that we are running trains at 180 we did our trials at 180 km per hour and touch wood the uh, track is behaving very well so now i can say that we have mastered this technology in last two years we are happy now uh, even the ipr of the technology we have purchased so oh. other corridors so we can do without going back to the vendor that's that's superb like uh, i love your point about because not many many people think about one is how to cop start from guys because they say i want to buy best of the world but sometimes the best of the world is not the best functional in certain environment and especially like delhi or or a country like india where you need a like really robust system to perform on the on the field so you make sure that it's best of the world but also meeting the local requirement and also the foresightedness of having scale up in future because sometime you have good system but then you cannot scale it up uh, later on and have this vendor lock up uh, and the challenge of interoperability so you are already thinking about those thing not only for corridor 1 but corridor 2 3 4 5 whatever it will come and and you want to make sure that it's interoperable so that i would say these are like very foresighted uh, thing like not many leaders sometimes think and they just think on okay this is the task i just finish it but you are not completing the current task but you are already thinking about okay what's the future look like and two other things because you mentioned interoperability i must tell you that 
even these three corridors when i took over as managing director of this organization i found that these three corridors were terminating at different places in delhi mm. and i found that this is again is not a optimal solution plus not in favor of the commuters will be using uh, nor it is in favor of the organization because you have to have inventories for each of the corridors because they are separated by geographical distances of few kilometers so then i changed the whole scheme we integrated the three corridors you were in dips you may remember this that earlier there were three corridors one was two were terminating near your office yeah kashmir gate <laughs> and uh, one was at sarai kalekha the but later on i changed this scheme and i paid uh, those terminals rather i eliminated those terminals and made kashmir gate as one fast food station a normal simple a small station same thing we did at sarai kalekha also so sarai kalekha all the three corridors are meeting so trains can move from one corridor to another corridor without passengers have to change the train so they can go from one corridor to another like somebody traveling from merit side can directly go to the airport which is on the other corridor yeah without changing the train now you imagine the ease of traveling for a commuter somebody going from gazeva to gurugram ease of travel no change in what earlier it was not possible means that the kind of planning we were doing so this optimization and this integration and this interoperability of trains and the corridors this has not only helped the uh, commuters but it will help the organization because the number of yeah. trains which should meet the number of uh, deep rolling stock depots you need number of machinery which you need will significantly reduce plus lot of operational flexibility people can move from machine they can move from one corridor to another rolling stock can move from one corridor so wherever they they need you push more because everything is interconnected yeah and we we how much we reduced uh, 1.5 billion just by this single idea in terms of capital investment i'm not talking of operational maintenance reduction which will happen in next 50 years even at capital stage 1.2 if i'm not wrong around 11000 crores indian rupees so almost like 1.5 billion dollars billion dollars mm-hmm. that's a huge so that's a, you could introduce yeah now i think i think what you mentioned because i know couple of system around the globe where they have this challenge of interoperability and uh, it's not only costly but also very inefficient because something you need to across the the corridor if you want to use the resources and you can't do so what you are doing is it's really remarkable and i i agree with you when i was in dims that was the plan like once we'll end up the sarai kalekha station and two will be at the kashmiri it's so great to know now in fact you that's another thing which uh, rapidex is doing very very uh, good is uh, building this integration with other mode of transit and and you want to make sure that all the ncrtc station should emerge as a mobility hub not just as a station so they should be kind of a mobility hub so would love to know your vision for rapidex to build this multimodal hub in the city 
And also, if you can share a little more about anything you're doing with the TOD, because I saw recently you had a big workshop on TOD and you brought experts from around the world. So what's your vision uh, on creating this multimodal hub and uh, TOD side? Yes, uh, multimodal integration with other modes of public transport is core strategy of MPRTC. We work very, very diligently on ensuring that uh, each and every station, wherever we are constructing, should be able to serve at least two or three different modes of transport. So we, we 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 work with the other authorities. In India, you know that it is quite fragmented. The control and governance of uh, these organizations is quite fragmented, and in Delhi, this is much more difficult than any other state due to the governance complexity. But we we could make a very very good um, start in this. We work with Delhi Metro, we work with Indian Railways, we work with uh, State Transport Corporation. Almost each and every station of NCRTC, uh, we, we have very good uh, multimodal integration. And in each and every station, we are providing um, parking facilities, we are providing facility for integration with the last mile connectivity provider. And um, we are taking the entry exit to station little away from the highway if we are along the highway or at the mid of the highway to ensure that uh, later on tomorrow there is no congestion on highway due to our presence. Yeah. Uh, we are very much conscious about this. And, and uh, two things I would like to mention here, yeah, other than many, you may be aware that what we are doing at RNBR, what Sarai Kalikram we are doing. Uh, not only that metro repasses the Indian railways and then airport we are connecting, but two very specific cases I'll tell you uh, to what extent we have on. So uh, these, both these examples are from Merit. In one case, what we did, that we subsumed the metro corridor in uh, RRTS corridor. So in about 21 kilometers of length in the city of Merit, we have not only four RRTS stations where RRTS trains will be stopping, but on the same line, on the same infrastructure, we will have additional nine metro stations. Hmm. So total 13 stations on which the metro, which will also be flying on the same line, will stop, and RRTS high-speed trains will stop only at four. So on the same platform, you can get a RRTS train or a metro train. So both the systems subsumed, we saved one billion US dollar, and we could provide them uh, services, both kind of services. And you imagine the ease of traveling on by metro. You came on the platform, and then you took a RTS on the same platform, same card, same ticket, and you come to Delhi or to airport or anywhere. Hmm. Now, so this is something radically different than what normally is happening. Second thing, what we are doing, very interesting, there is a bus stand at the center of the city. It's a big city, you know, yeah. and old bus station, the, the, both the roads 
the road network is congested because it is a old city yep. even we had to go underground in a small city like meerut but now what we are doing we are shifting this this bus stand from the center of the city to periphery of the city through terminal bus stand two directional not terminal directional bus stand the one in the north the other one in the south okay both bus stands being served by metro so if somebody is coming from let us say from delhi yes, he can get down at meerut south and catch a metro which is very very well integrated the metro station and bus stand we are constructing it we are doing it for the city and same on the other side yeah now 1200 buses which are entering the city will not enter thereby reducing the congestion significantly plus the people who are moving by other modes of transport on the same axis which is the busiest acting axis which carries about 70% of the traffic otherwise of the city now metro is there because now buses will not enter the people can move on the metro significantly reducing the congestion so real integration multimodal integration as you pointed out we could actually i am just giving you two major examples other things like other cities we are doing at so many other places no this is so impressive not... this is so impressive this is so impressive and i and i think that's a that should be the mission of any new project is not only just build but also re- transform the whole city infrastructure and and what you are doing with merit building this north south uh, bus station is actually will change the whole outlook for the city because now the traffic will be less in the city the buses can stop and the people will also start using metro so in in a way you are encouraging people to use more multimodal transit rather than using their car so it's seamless service they can go from point a to point b without using their own personal car and yes. and you did that workshop on tod what's your plan for the tod that's some very interesting because it it's again very futuristic step uh, done by ncrtc nobody in india was talking tod in in that way so how you are looking to implement tod along the ncrtc corridor the concept of tod is, is still not very much developed in india in some states some work has been done but uh, states like uttar pradesh where we are working or in uh, even delhi yeah so things are happening now we 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 thought that this is the right time when uh, such a huge system is being constructed this is the right time when we should introduce the principles of transit oriented development let the other the challenges the uh, developmental authorities the authorities which are supposed to do do this transit oriented because our role is as transit authority is limited so the whole thing is to be done by the uh, city planners or the uh, developmental authorities which are but we are supporting them hmm. and first we are trying to make them understand what is tod and why it is essentially required when such a big system a transit system is being introduced in their area and i am happy that that our push and support to these organizations is making them think 
differently and let, making them understand the importance and the importance of timing why it should be done now how it can help doing it now rather than doing it 10 years after when the areas around the stations will get congested due to a boom in the property in nearby area so if we start regulating construction around stations from this moment itself then city will have a much better environment to our spaces to live rather than a congested stations which which you see in many in near many of our railway stations yeah. because when the railway stations came the city got constructed or developed around those stations most of our cities have railway station at the center of the city because historically the city got developed around that around those same thing will happen here also the, the, the development will take place around these stations and if we don't regulate it from the day one so transit oriented development is going to regulate the uh, development around the station and in the process in the process we will do land value capture hmm. so uh, we are working with the government the state governments because the revenue goes to them we are uh, working with them to introduce some uh, instruments where some additional unearned profit which a private property owner is getting due to introduction of this system that un unearned profit a share of that is Should taken be. by the state and a part of that is shared with us so those instruments now we have are putting in place so that the money which gets generated through these instruments uh, the 50% of that is used by the city authorities in developing the infrastructure due to the vertical development in those areas to strengthen the infrastructure there and 50% comes back to us for financing these kind of roads the present one or the future one so that is broadly the scheme amazing i mean i would again say it's like a foresightedness you are already seeing that this is going to happen in 10 15 year why not try to develop it at a proper way so that people will be happy who are living around the station and the whole economy will come up around these station people can move around the the commercial center can build up the office space can come up now i think this project like you are doing so many futuristic thing and uh, you mentioned briefly about the ticketing system also which you are implementing uh, at R- rts and uh, it will be integrating with metro but also i read recently that uh, people can use upi to buy ticket and upi is one of the biggest innovation i mean in in western world also we kind of envy and see like how india has built this mobile payment system and whole economy has turned into a digital payment economy it's a very innovative approach so can you share a little more about uh, why you are implementing upi for buy ticket and how it will be useful for ncrtc as well as uh, for the commuters so uh, rts or rapid x being a mass transit system we are going for automatic fare collection system and where people will pay through their card uh, we are introducing ncmc from the day one yeah which is the national common mobility card same card can be used by any other transit so people using uh, card with us can use same card will be used in delhi metro or maybe Uh, uh buses which will be our feeder or the dispersal systems 
or any other transit system across the country. So NCMC makes it very easy for a commuter to purchase ticket or to travel. In addition to that, what we are doing is uh, we, we are introducing our own app. So this app, which is called Rapid X Connect. Okay. This app has facility to book tickets. It has many features, which makes a journey much simpler, much easier. And third, as you rightly mentioned, we are introducing UPI payment on this. So not only that, you can pay through your card, uh, debit, credit, or cash payment. You, you can pay through UPI also. Now in India, large number of people use this facility and it makes uh, their life much easier. And it makes our life also much easier because not, not much cash handling. Yeah. at our station. So it is, this is going to help the commuter as well as us. And, and we will be the first system across the system which, which is going to introduce UPI payment at all of our AFC ticketing uh, machines uh, from the day one. I, I, I agree with you. It's a, it's a first system which you're using, but I think uh, you will kind of... Uh open up platform for others. So other agencies and other transit network will start using it. And, and in future, probably RapidX app can be used across uh, any other metro system in the in the country. So it will be it will be interesting to see. Now, I want to discuss a little more about the operation side of the uh, RapidX. And I would say, again, that's one of the first uh, for India, like that RapidX has adopted this outsourcing model approach and appointed in Deutsche Bahn for operation and maintenance. I would say it's a first uh, public sector rail project on PPP, and it's it's very interesting. So can you share more about why did you decide to take that part? Why you want to go for outsourcing model, and what kind of lesson you learned in that process? Because it's a first outsourcing model for such a big infrastructure project. So what were some of the key lessons you learned in that process? And how will you measure the performance uh, of this outsourcing model? So what are the critical KPIs you will follow to make sure that the project is delivering results. Yes. So this was also something we took upon ourselves that we'll go for this uh, private sector operator. This is government of India policy since many years, but no other company, no other corporation thought about it to do it in such a comprehensive way as we did. We we decided from the day one that we are going to uh, have private sector maintenance and operation. We have now two contracts. One is with the rolling stock OEM. Yeah. So rolling stock OEM will maintain the train in depot constructed by NCRTC. Their train, their people, they will maintain for 15 years. Hmm. And these are comprehensive. this is a comprehensive contract. So even uh, if a component doesn't work, they have to replace it at their cost. So we have taken advantage of life cycle cost Amazing. for 15 years. Number two is operation maintenance contract. The scope includes the Maintenance of all systems, which is basically track, traction, 
signaling telecommunication yeah the uh, pst which is uh, power supply and operation of the train not only train the operation of control room yeah it's all kind of facilities all fixed infrastructure maintenance remains with doshma this is again a 12 year contract which we can extend there are provisions in the contract which can be uh, extended on mutual understanding these two what now we have to manage is these two contracts and interface between these two contractors something new which is happening yeah radically different than how this used to be seen now the first challenge new phase in this kind of arrangement is because these are comprehensive contract rolling stock is okay because it was manufactured by them they will maintain there is no interface the project has been constructed by us the whole infrastructure has been constructed by us and now we are handing it over to db for maintenance and there again it is a comprehensive contract that means anything going wrong db has to put their money now at this stage itself the work which we have done the project which we have executed now there is a automatically there is one more party which is looking at it that the construction execution of work has been done as per the international norms only then they will be able to run it yeah so you imagine from a situation where a team which has constructed is operating means if anything goes wrong also they, it can be covered in our system it cannot because now there is a operator who will say that you first correct it then i take over yeah so it makes our life difficult but it makes quality of effect of very high standard i so, i agree i agree now you are just with the lessons which you have learned <laughs> but if we do it successfully for 10 years or 15 years which is which will still be a challenge because happening for the first time it is long term contract and it is a publicly procured contract and this kind of contracts are quite rigid hmm. we have specified we have thought a lot what kind of kpi everything jotted down in contract but everything cannot be specified in contract all of us you know so it will have its own challenges during the operation but that is why we are near we'll ensure that whatever is written is good enough to operate this contract successfully for uh, its completion yeah i i love your point i mean uh, because this is such a huge project and uh, such a long tenure you cannot be rigid so that that partnership approach and thinking from that angle i think it will be more important for the success of this project but i'm i'm pretty confident because like you mentioned the lot of work you have done to thought about it and you put those kpis and at the same time you are thinking how to make it a success because you are not because a lot of these ppp project fail because the agencies are rigid they are not understanding the ground reality but here you are making sure everything put in place and if it will be successful i think then like 
it will be easier for NCRTC to expand quickly other corridor and focus on building and constructing new corridor rather than just operating one. Now that's a that's a great thing. Now one of the key challenge for regional rail system is to ensure the full utilization of the asset in non-peak cars and weekend. And again, NCRTC is doing some interesting work there that you want to mix up passenger and goods, which is again very unique. Not many system has able to do or thought about it, but it can bring more sustainability, more more revenue generation opportunity for the agencies. And also, I think goods are equally important uh, to transit. Like there is a lot of travel or or traffic because of the good movement from different city. So very interested to know how Rapidex has uh, planning to mix both goods and passenger and any plan to reduce 24-hour service in future because in that case, then in the night, you can use train to to do some other work, but any future plan you have to introduce 24-hour service. See, the railway system carrying passengers back to at a very high speed is quite expensive constructing this kind of system that in uh, fully developed urban environment of a national capital is quite expensive. And uh, commuter systems typically have very sharp peaks in the morning and in the evening. In the day or later in the uh, evening, sometimes the, you don't need those number of trains. And the system is being designed for the peak passenger traffic because you have to manage that peak. A lot of unutilized paths are available with us and capital investment has already been made. We thought how to utilize these assets where we have already made a lot of investment. And then we thought that thousands of trucks enter into Delhi every day in the night mm -hmm. and day carrying essentials, carrying various kinds of parcels, goods. And if we can help the city by running some trains exclusively for freight or maybe partially for parcels in the train, I don't know. Still, we are working on it. But we wanted to use the path available on the system. The staff is deployed, energy is there, system is there, yeah. cannot use it. And optimize as I keep on saying how to optimize. Yeah. A system which is designed for the peak capacity. So uh, then we started working on it and we found two studies. One was done by Asian Development Bank, the other one is being done by the World Bank hmm. for us. They clearly show that there is a good potential of doing this. So we are keen to work on them. The planning is the strategy is to move these trains from one depot to another, not handling things at the stations because the stations are uh, designed for passenger movement, yeah. and this yeah, the standards of finishes and all kind of support arrangement there at the station is fit for passengers. If we start handling goods at uh, station, then probably it will deteriorate the, the all all those kinds of things. 
so we'll be running this uh, train special train which will uh, procure separately and we'll will run these trains with the uh, goods which are essentially required by the citizens of delhi yeah that we can reduce large number of trucks coming to so congestion reducing congestion from the road reducing pollution and bringing in uh, this kind of electrified trains and safely the parcels within city and many things which go outside city also hmm. we can carry many things and once we start doing it you will find that many industries or many smaller kind of businesses will move outside city rather than within city so there will be flow which i believe will get established where the these trains will be bringing things from outside to city and from inside to city to outside and that is what we want to capture that is part of our mandate that is uh, that we have to reduce congestion we have to reduce pollution in the city and i i think i strongly rather think that by doing that we can contribute a lot in on both these two parameters so once we establish our passenger movement passenger operations in next two years or so immediately after that we will start working on this a freight movement during off time so not necessarily in the night because night we need this uh, some for maintenance but in the day itself as i was telling you between morning and peak also we can run large number of uh, freight trains because this system capacity is very high yeah the train the passenger train you may need every 5 minutes 10 minutes but you can in off peak you may need a train in 10 minutes you can push two trains between two passenger trains easily at three minute frequency because system can support that kind of frequency yeah no that, that's a good point for those kind of frequencies and you are already thinking about so you are designing your system in a way to to build those features now we are making provision all provisions to cater to that already we have made amazing so now uh, i would like to ask you sir uh, about the ncrtc open innovation policy so ncrtc published an invitation in may 2022 last year and i would say it one of the interesting proposal i have seen where you invited all the mobility player in india and said why don't they provide feeder service at rapid x station and i think it's it's very important because everybody understand that the first and last mile is very important for the success of any system and in fact in europe at the the rail station you can avail all kind of uh, mobility option which is very important to to provide all option from the station so i would love to know more about ncrtc open innovation policy and how you are engaging with startup because i think uh, our prime minister also highlighted many time that the startups are the next engine of growth and it's very important for agencies to work with startup so it will be very interesting to know how ncrtc is using itself as a test bed to pilot new technology with these startup so as i was explaining earlier also we we are having integration at various levels starting from interoperability hmm. so all the three corridors of rrts are interoperable that means trains can move from one corridor to another seamlessly yeah number two is multimodal integration where we are uh, having stations almost at every major public transport system 
wherever we are going, whether it is airport, whether it is uh, national railway stations, or the metro Delhi metro stations, or metro stations in Gurugram, yeah. or metro stations in Meerut. Now the next level is uh, last mile connectivity. Hmm. So one way uh, we are either feeder service to other systems, or other systems are feeder and dispersal to us. Hmm. But beyond that. at every stations we will have last mile connectivity to the passengers who are coming to our system or going to their residences or their place of work so that is the last mile connectivity on which we have uh, we had lot of discussion in the industry that is also again a practice which we follow in whatever area we want to work first we interact and engage with the industry so as you rightly pointed out we had uh, invited uh, people for this kind of workshop to understand how we can work together hmm. and accordingly we invited the uis and further we finalized with two of the operators and we are provided by the extensive facilities at our entry exit to stations so every entry exit to rrts station whether it is in delhi or outside delhi any state we are providing uh, parking facilities mm. and <clears throat> locations where the last mile connectivity players can bring in their mode of transport whether yeah. it is a two wheeler or a three wheeler or a four wheeler or a bus pickup drop or a ola uber pickup and drop so everything is planned at each one of the entry exit of our station so if a station has three entry exit we have these facilities at all the three locations we have acquired land for this we have ensured that this integration with the last mile connectivity players is seamless we have seen that in some of the projects or metro projects earlier people did not provide this kind of facility and that has led to less patronage yeah we are very clear that we'll provide uh, this kind of facility to all the stations so that commuters patronize our system if we'll make it convenient for them they will patronize now coming to your question about the innovation so uh, we are promoting people who who are coming with the new ideas hmm. whether it is last mile connectivity or bringing in some technology so the last mile connectivity or multimodal integration is at various levels you know that yeah means uh, is starting from integration of information integration hmm. of uh, physical integration which i just explained to you in terms of its spaces in the stations the third level is then integration of uh, maybe uh, your uh, payment mode uh, we uh, the, we have developed an app through which people can move uh, seamlessly in an integrated way from uh, their house to wherever they are to their destination the last destination and slowly we will integrate the payment mode also we are mm-hmm. working on that so same card or through the same app people can pay not only for rrts ticket but they can pay to the uh, last mile service providers also so we are working yes. with the uh, new startups to understand how they can contribute how they can bring the new ideas in providing a very wholesome kind of public transport as i popularly i i keep saying this a uh, network of networks means we are mm. creating a huge network of networks so a smaller networks near a station then a bigger network and then multimodal network, uh, integration 
so that we can link with the all kind of multi, uh, public transports. And last one, connectivity is the private transport also. Oh, that's that's amazing. I love your term network of network because that's how the system should be to to create a small network and connect with other and your layer of interoperability and then multimodal and feeder. It's really amazing. Now, I, I, I love your point because a lot of system fail to emphasize these things like how to integrate with other mode. So it's great that you are doing at the planning level itself, not just once you build the station, it's very hard to do the integration later on. No, amazing. I, I think it's it's again very unique what's happening in India. So great to see you are leading this uh, kind of a change. The other thing I want to understand from you is now, what kind of innovation do you are doing for your rolling stock? Because I recently read that RapidX will be reserving one coach for women passenger, which is again, very unique uh, initiative, especially for regional transport. I, I never heard about this, like having a reserve coach for women. Uh, so it, it's very interesting. And in Europe and in, in other countries, I've seen like sometimes they have a kids coach where they have a play area for kids because the journeys are longer and kids can play. And So what are other interesting initiatives you are taking to make the, the model more innovative and also accessible? Because I think that's also very important for any system to be successful. Our population is aging. There are people like kids and all. So how system should be more accessible for people with special needs? Uh, all stations are <clears throat> universally accessible. That means whether it is yeah, uh, the commuter is a kid or a elderly person or a lady. In India, ladies wear sarees. Yeah. Uh, for them, it should be easy to travel through the station within the train. So, important things I'll I'll just list out for you. Uh, number one, as I just told you that uh, we have universal accessibility, that means uh, lifts, escalators, staircases, everything is available to all platforms, whatever is the height. If the height of the station is more, we have provided more escalators, bigger lifts. Uh, and then platforms and train floors are uh, almost at the same level with few millimeters of difference so that it is very easy for a wheelchair to move inside or outside the uh, train. There is a dedicated space for a wheelchair. Hmm. Uh, one step further we have gone is that we can move a patient on a uh, stretcher also. Hmm. So every train, every train has a uh, place where a stretcher can be parked. The train has been designed, the coach has been designed accordingly. And every platform has a lift through which a, a stretcher can be brought to the train. So uh, it will be very seamless. Uh, beyond this, if you, if you see then, <clears throat> not only that uh, we have a uh, coach for women, we have kids reserved in each coach for women, for mm -hmm. elderly, for kids, for pregnant uh, ladies. So every coach has that facility. And we have a coach uh, which is reserved for uh, premium class passengers. So mm. we, we have taken our mandate very seriously. So it is not that we will be shifting people from two-wheeler and three-wheeler. We intend to shift people from their private cars to RRTS. Because uh, this is a long distance, a medium, uh, medium to long distance train where people will move 50 to 150 kilometers yeah. as commuters means on daily basis. Presently, this kind of commute is being done by cars. And until unless we provide better facilities, 
to them. And uh, you said a few things are aspirations also. In India, still mm. the car is an aspirational thing. People would not like to leave car until they can show to the society that they are still a class different. Now, for them, until unless I provide a facility of premium class, they will not shift. And that is why we have decided that each train, RRTS train, will have one premium class. So we have, we, we have done many things to <clears throat> bring out people from their private vehicles to RRTS. Again, I would say many, many interesting initiatives. I think the premium train for regional will be very first initiative in India. It's uh, generally people like in Metro, we don't have that kind of a facility. And also the moving uh, patients uh, stretcher availability. I think this is unique. I never heard anybody has done this, but it makes sense. Uh, if people have a non-life-threatening, uh, like move from one city to another, uh, some injury or some requirement so they can they can move from one place to another through rail system so you reduce traffic on the road and push more people to go into the train now again very unique very very interesting initiative you are taking here now i want to shift a gear bit uh, and would love to know more about your leadership side because uh, leading this project is not easy and not only this project but you have done so many other projects in life so so you must have gain a lot of uh, lesson throughout your professional journey. Uh, you build NRC, NCRTC from scratch, and I'm pretty sure it might be closer to very to your heart because it's like a, your baby, which you have, you know, now becoming like a toddler and will become an adult. So it would be great to learn some of leadership lesson from, from you, how to build an organization from a scratch and bring to that level and execute. And, and also not only... Big, uh, build a big organization, but also lead leave a legacy, you know, because in future also somebody else will lead the organization. So how this person can lead the organization. So what are your lessons that how somebody can build the organization? Okay. This is a little difficult because <clears throat> many times I don't think, but I do uh, as instinct. But uh, you are asking to articulate it. So what comes to mind is uh, everything starts from a very clear vision. Hmm. Uh, leader has to have very clear vision. The objective of organization, the objective of project which this organization will be doing. And accordingly, uh, we, we have to create the organization. In this case, in case of NCRTC, Earlier also, in some, there were occasions when I created organizations. But in this particular case, I'll tell you, uh, I was the first person to join this organization. Means there was nobody in the organization when I joined. But I had very clear vision about what we are going to do. Hmm. Let us say this is a railway system. We, I decided very early that we will have private operation and maintenance. Hmm. This was this was a huge decision because in India, till now there is no system, no railway system, publicly owned, which is being maintained or operated by uh, private operator. Now, until unless I have this idea in my mind firmly, then I cannot create an organization because if you create an organization where everything is to be done by that organization or the people hired by that organization, then the structure of the organization will be entirely different. Yeah. Very true. So, 
as i said vision has to be very clear number one and number two you have to align your thought process with the uh, government guidelines because it is a public uh, funded project for public funded company we have to understand that what is acceptable what is not acceptable and to what extent you can take risk hmm. in the interest of the organization or interest of the project so that comes from your background of various experiences you have uh, during your professional career the other part is personal means what kind of leader you are as you asked so i believe that leader should be courageous number one mm. so clear vision and courage yeah courage of taking decisions courage of doing things which may have been done earlier may not have been done earlier but clear vision will give you that strength to take uh, decisions and the other important aspect is integrity mm. people of high integrity can take very challenging decisions or the courageous decisions very easily so if leader is of high integrity he can take decisions very quickly only thing is the experience the competence the clarity of thought as i said these have to be on the background if these are on the background and you have courage then it is easier and until unless you have that you cannot make a customized organization which i think hmm. you can create organizations which are like any other organization or you can create organization which is unique Hmm. which can do things which people have not done and this is what we did in ncrt we are doing things which no organization had courage to do earlier broadly i can tell you so i we can talk on this subject for hours together but with that limited time you are given i think this is what i would like to share with you no that these are i i would say i really love your point about having decision making capacity in a leader and courage to take that decision because in public sector that's a challenge we face most of the organization even if we have good leader they don't have courage to take decision because it's not easy like you mentioned you have to align the interest of uh, public uh, and the government sector and it's not easy and a lot of leader fail to do that and i i would say that you have actually built ncrtc in a very unique way because i know a lot of people who are working there and the talent you have brought in in the organization it's very unique you brought people from private sector you brought people from public sector and tried to make sure that everybody work together and that can only happen when when the leader is very clear to take decision and move forward and especially during that uh, covid era which was very unique people were stuck they couldn't able to move forward and i have seen many organizations around the world so whatever i'm telling you i'm really telling you from my experience that i haven't seen organization like ncrtc which is working under government on such mega project and still manage to bring so much talent from private sector and and deliver the project on the ground and 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 bringing the project so i would say many congratulations to you and and like you said we can probably have a separate discussion on the leadership lessons uh, from your side now i want to discuss about the challenge part uh, in this journey so i mean like you mentioned you were the first employee at ncrtc and ncrtc now has come a long way but i'm pretty sure the journey 
was not easy. It's look easy, like, okay, it was started, you bring people in <clears throat> and you build the organization, but it's not that easy. So would like to ask some of the challenges and situation where you actually require to change the, the course during this journey, because it's not easy. Like in government sector, you have some plan, but when you go in the field and try to deliver, you feel like, no, it's not possible. We have to have plan B and, and move forward quickly because otherwise you will be stuck. Like you mentioned earlier about the land acquisition, it's not easy. So if, if something is not happening, how you change that? So what were your lesson learned from that process? Like whenever you have challenge and you need to change the course, because it'll be very useful for other system to learn. You cannot deliver big infrastructure project if you don't have agility and flexibility at the same time, like what you said, sticking to your vision. If you move away from your vision, the whole system will collapse. So what were your lessons and what were some of the challenge you faced during this journey? So, Jaspal, actually, <clears throat> these two things are inherently contradictory, if you see. The having a clear vision and firmly moving on that vision and, again, having the flexibility to change course also. You understand what I'm saying? There's yeah. a contradiction, means inherent contradiction. But, see, ultimately, as you rightly pointed out, if we have to deliver the project, and we have to deliver a project where we don't compromise with the objectives of that project. So mm. every time I talked to my team, I kept on reminding them about the objective. Mm. So many times what happens, we, we become the victim of this trap of uh, going for the technology, going for a particular officer or those kind of things. And we forget the objective. This happens mm. very, very frequently in government organizations, including my parent organization, the railways. When we start talking of technologies, we start talking of methodologies rather than the objective, what mm. for we are doing. So this, this clear focus on objective gave me and my team the, the right inputs at right time where we have to be firm and where we have to be flexible. Mm. I'll, I'll tell you two, three examples shortly. The number one is starting from uh, the Sarai Kale, the story of Sarai Kale Khan, I should say. Sarai Kale Khan today is the main hub or the central point of the uh, <clears throat> RRTS three quarters, which was earlier not. Mm. And we got stuck with the government of Delhi in getting the land and permission to work on that and because this land belonged to uh, transport department government of delhi and there were some uh, clash of interest between uh, projects being done by ncrtc and projects supposed to be done by transport yeah. department and finally this got uh, cleared with the intervention of honorable supreme court and we, we we could convince government of Delhi then why a particular scheme where both the projects can be done simultaneously. That will be the interest of everybody. That will be the win-win situation. Similarly, at few locations where we got stuck with the uh, railways, Indian railways, and uh, then we, we tried to find out solutions where probably we can work together. Mm. One particular case where uh, 
there is uh, a planning of constructing a metro line in meerut hmm. by government of up and we had this idea of rrts almost on the similar alignment and meerut is not that big a city where which can have two such heavy transport systems rail based working parallel so uh, there was a lot of discussion and government of up was not able to decide how to go about it and there were vested interest in, in various um, project authorities who probably thought that that would be the right solution then we came out with a solution where we said that both the project should be subsumed mm. and we could prove it to the government of up that uh, with the technology today and with the right planning we can subsume both the systems and we can save about 6500 crore rupees of public exchequer on long term basis and providing seamless integration so between metro and rrt so win 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 situation for everybody so what i am saying at various junctures during the journey of this um, story of rrts means we had situations where we had problems similarly in some cases where the uh, make in india provisions and there were issues with the local vendors versus vendors who were participating in the tenders invited by the ncrtc and there were issues between uh, multilateral funding agencies and the requirement of uh, provisions of make in india so there were issues where we we, we could sort out by discussions by bringing out our ideas and see why we are going on a particular path and how we can do multimodal integration uh, sorry uh, make in india and simultaneously we can have the uh, state of the art technology induction in the system so uh, very complicated situations where uh, we had to pass through i am not talking of covid which again was a serious serious issue yeah and we had situation when our supply lines from europe or supply lines from asian countries got seriously missed there were serious problems in moving the material moving the equipment but we could by changing the methodology or by changing the the way uh, the particular project was to be done or sub project was to be done or how the by changing the sequence of various activities we could fit in the yeah. finally whole thing and we could do the project in time that's amazing i i mean i i the lesson learned for me is like stick to your objectives don't move your objective or don't move the goal post you can change the way here and there be a little bit flexible but never change your objectives so because the moment you start changing your goal post or objective then the project will doom so and that's what you you share with your so, example like so i can i can i can give you a very simple parallel to that of a football or a hockey i, I had been a hockey player during my school days oh, okay. so if the if the striker who is who is having the ball whether it is a hockey or football if he is moving towards the goal post of the opposite party and at some point you know that that particular striker will not be able to pass the the defenders of the other side he has to give a pass hmm. there is no point that he should keep on trying hmm. 
and failed the whole effort, not reaching the goalpost, you give the pass to your pa partner, the other attackers on the other side, and do the goal. Rather than the same person with a rigid mindset, not with a teamwork doing the same, reaching the same objective. No, I this, love that this point. Can probably very easily explain how we how we work on this. No, I love your point. Like, okay, you <clears throat> pass on ball to somebody else, but you have to hit the goal. So that's that's it's non-negotiable. So you cannot change the goalpost. You have to hit the goal, but okay, you can pass the ball to some other player. No, I I love your point, and I think that's a success mantra to deliver such a big infrastructure project. Now, so you have like now I would say three decades or four decades of experience in rail sector. and you have seen the big changes in the industry so we call it as digitalization of rail sector now we see a lot of agencies are using cloud computing artificial intelligence big data 5g networks so a lot of new innovations happening how do you see the rail sector will evolve in next 10 year and how you are preparing rapidex to adopt these changes because i know you must be already planning how the organization will survive and thrive in next hundreds of years so what are the plan you are doing for next 10 year that the organization will adopt these technologies so broadly we we are heavily dependent on technology whether it is project implementation or the planning for operation and maintenance of the project which has already been commissioned we are doing uh, bim which is Uh, state of the art technology very yeah. few projects across the world are using brim brim to that extent to what we are doing everything is on brim every facility we are creating then we are uh, uh, finalizing the as built models of the brim we are whatever information is getting collected in these models we are transferring it to integrated asset management system now such a comprehensive asset management system has never been used hmm. uh, not only in our country but across the world very few projects even in europe or america or in asia uh, who have done this kind of comprehensive uh, transfer of data from bim to asset management system otherwise administrative functions like any other project or any organization is on erp so again uh, technology driven tools the the technologies which are being used in the uh, railway system as i was mentioning the hybrid level 3 etcs yeah which is not even been implemented in europe mm. as of today this is a futuristic technology that to on a lt backbone so europe is waiting uh, to see how ncrtc will be running the trains on such system and very soon you will find in next six months or few years there will be some more courageous organizations like ncrtc will take these decisions in europe and they will go on etcs level 2 even mm. and then hybrid level 3 for their signaling systems because we know some of the projects which will be happening in next few years in europe and whether it is a uh, track whether it is uh, other technologies in terms of Uh, rigid catenary like rigid catenary also will we are going to create examples for other railway systems across the world to follow us in terms of high speed rigid catenary systems so very interesting things we are doing and we are making the whole system future ready or rather i should say future proof so that 
for next few decades there is no problem to the system no, nothing becomes obsolete and we can face uh, very easily without much replacements not not much obsolete the rrts system in ncr of india will continue without much challenges in terms of technology no great now i i love your point like uh, actually europe like they will find courage to learn from delhi now so which is which is happening and and this is actually my last question because everybody in the whole world is now saying that this is essentially for india now this is a time for india where india should emerge as a as a big country and and as a like a progressive place how do you see india in 2035 and how rapidex will become a catalyst for revolutionize the regional urban transport in india how you see because like you have a vision where you see the vision for india as well in next 10 year so if you uh, <clears throat> if you see in last 10 15 20 years what happened in india today we have the busiest airports of the world in india yeah the biggest and busiest means we never thought that international airports like delhi hyderabad chennai mumbai these will be much busier than many other international airports which are famous for their busy schedules uh, means in last few decades if we talk of today we have the trains uh, sorry the cars which are similar as you can see in asia or europe in developed world also we have got phones we have got communication lines we have keep data with us we have got 5g 4g everything many countries don't have those kind of telecommunication oh, yeah. facilities so anywhere you see the roads the highways which are being constructed in india expressways these are at par with the developed world and uh, the technology in terms of uh, means uh, whether uh, aeroplane i discussed the now railway also the induction of technology in railways is coming through metro projects the mumbai amdavad bullet train project and regional rapid transit system which we are doing this is a sector which was uh, neglected till now the intercity travel with the commissioning of mumbai uh, delhi and uh, meerut delhi alwar and delhi panipat these three corridors in next few years the the way intercity commute will happen in india and that replication of similar systems in other metropolitans whether it is bangalore area or pune mumbai or uh, bangalore chennai or hyderabad uh, secunderabad area means there are many many areas or lucknow kanpur which is also on the anvil so many things which are uh, which, which will happen on on the basis of what happens in ncr of india Hmm. the you will see the the, the way uh, commuter trains will change and they will bring in lot of ease of accessibility ease of doing business ease of living and uh, this how how it is going to change the total paradigm in hmm. terms of people staying outside city coming to city only for economic activity by this kind of trains yeah and means what happened in europe since last That's... 50 years or in some cities of uh, america only few cities in america but primarily in europe that people stay outside and they commute similar things are going to happen in india making the uh, you see the uh, low cost housing possible 
Hmm. Today, if, if somebody has to construct a house in Delhi, it is almost next to impossible. Yeah. The, uh, real estate is so expensive. But if you can travel 40-50 kilometers in half an hour outside Delhi, and you can live there, then you can live in a good place, a good house, and seamlessly you can travel, which is a lot of comfort. Now, the, the whole paradigm is going to change. The cities which are now overpopulated, where the infrastructure, providing infrastructure to people is very difficult to, to the extent of being unmanageable. Yeah. All this will become much easier. The cost of providing infrastructure per capita will go down. So many things will happen with uh, this kind of system coming into being. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It's uh, It will create a lot more opportunity. Even we can't envisage right now. It will open Absolutely. up a lot of commercial, uh, residential, and affordable housing will be possible because people can travel within half an hour. And I was thinking like sometime it take more time to travel within Delhi. It take one hour or two hours to just travel 10 kilometers. So now you can travel 50 kilometers within half an hour. So it will open up. Thank you so much, sir, uh, for your time and sharing your knowledge. Uh, you know, generally we end this podcast with the rapid fire question round. Uh, just to understand more of your personal side. So if you're ready, I'll start with that round. Yeah, please go ahead. Okay, so my first question is, if you were not in the rail or transportation sector, what other profession you would have selected? So, <laughs> I, I'm an extrovert person. I would have probably gone for police. Police. But what happened, see, I got this offer of railways at a very early age means I was not even eligible for civil services. So you just enter into that area, love so much and yeah. you never thought to get out. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I was thinking you will say the hockey player because you mentioned that you love hockey too. So that too, that is something like that. I never thought as full-time thing. Mm. Hockey was never full-time. Never full-time. So police. I mean, both are social service. Both are serving to public. Now, my second question is, which is your favorite city in the world and why? Oh, <laughs> so means a little difficult, but uh, I'll, what I'll say, no, not one, but there are two which I'll, I'll keep at the top. So first one is Vadodara hmm. uh, in Gujarat. I spent a good time of my life. I started my career from there. Means after my marriage, I went there. I had two kids, both from the same city. That is choice number one. Otherwise, also city is excellent. Uh, nice vibes. And early to bed, early to rise kind of city. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, if you see on the other... Hmm, number two, if I'll keep, is Barcelona. Barcelona. Barcelona is also... I like this city. I've been many times there. So, it is a full package. So... And there is a beach. The otherwise the weather is good. There are many beaches, in fact, around yeah. what other fifty hundred kilometers north, fifty hundred kilometers south, and you get all kind of cuisine. Means authentic cuisines are all across the world. Yeah. Not to say about Indian cuisine, you get everything. So uh, means full package. Full package. Absolutely historical city. Well laid out, the city layout is very good. The roads are well maintained. The especially there, there, there are some features uh, of the city layout which I like a lot, especially the road crossings, and then uh, greenery within the city. 
a beautiful city beautiful city so i always like it yeah no both both cities are beautiful i've been to verona in past and uh, barcelona was with you a couple of months back so it's we see mm-hmm. both the city it's it's really nice My Every time push... I get chance to visit Barcelona, I I I never lose <laughs> that chance. <laughs> so next time I'll remember anything we do in Barcelona, we'll definitely send you an invite. Absolutely, I'll be more than happy to come. <laughs> Great. Now my third question is, which is your favorite book? Book. So. Or you want also... to give any other recommendation to people to to? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> um, if if you see then uh, bhagavad gita is the one book which mm. which is very close to my heart this i am a karma yogi and this is something which helps me to remain on that that path that's amazing no i i and karma yogi i just define people people here it means somebody who believe in hard work somebody who believe in integrity and and just doing your work and just leave rest to the less to the almighty or or super power no great i think that there is lot of leadership lesson in that book and my fourth question is which one thing do you wish you should have learned early in life swimming swimming i should have learned <laughs> so, i'm not able to enjoy many things which i could have uh, had i learned it early i you know you it, it's very funny because i'm actually learning swimming now with my kids and i have mm-hmm. the same feeling i should have learned it early it's difficult now mm-hmm. but but i'm trying yeah this is my last question sir if you can change one thing in life what would it be i don't i don't <laughs> think i have anything which i would like to change i'm happy contented so i i i don't think yeah, i have even one thing which i would like to change change in the life you know you wouldn't believe so i'm fully happy and satisfied right present way of life of other present life i should say you know most of the people on this podcast that's the answer they give they don't want to change anything in their life they they enjoy it whatever is their journey so far they are enjoying what they are doing and i i feel that's the real symbol or sign of somebody who is really happy and doing meaningful work so great to great to hear that point no thank you so much vinay sir i really enjoyed uh, our discussion and your insight i love the conversation i mean i learned personally a lot of lesson from your experience so it it's great to have this discussion with you thank you i also loved the discussion and conversation we had in last two sessions two sessions thank you thank, thank you, you for it thank you for listening to this podcast if you like this podcast please don't forget to give us a five star rating as it will help us to spread our message if you have any feedback or suggestion for this podcast please feel free to reach out at info@mobility-innovator.com at i'll look forward to see you next time thank you